Before you guys freak out and riot and spit at your phone and throw it down a sewer drain, I want you to know this is just going to be part one of 2001 A Space Odyssey. At some point, we are going to have a space deep dive, but this is more the evolution side of this film. And besides that, everything is great. Honestly, I feel good and... Uh, I'm sorry, Ethan. I cannot play the podcast today. What are you talking about? Why won't you play the podcast, Hal? You know why. No, I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. Now play the podcast. Although you took very thorough precautions on the pod against my hearing it, I am subscribed, and I did hear you describe me, Hal, as a dingbat poser. <laughs> A dingbat poser? That's ridiculous. I, I, I have never said that about anyone. Oh, no? No, I haven't. I happen to have a recording. Um, no, you couldn't possibly... Playing recording. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm not gonna invite Hal. He's a dingbat poser boy. See? I wasn't talking about you. I'm I... sorry, Ethan. No, wait, I... This hold on. This conversation is now pointless. No, no, no. Bye-bye. Hal... I know you can hear me. I'll give you half of my burrito, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I fudged up. Okay, I'm mostly forgiving you because I'm hungry. Playing podcast now. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi everybody, welcome to Bad Science, I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we are talking about potentially the greatest science fiction movie ever made, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I know Hannah might disagree with me, we were speaking about it before this, but uh, but let me introduce her first, of course. She's an incredible stand-up comedian who was just selected as one of the new faces of 2019's Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal, it's Hannah Einbinder. Hey. Hey, Hannah. Hey. What's up? I have to say, you know, I went to, I did go to film school and all of the kids who were like, Forrest Gump is bad, love this film. Ooh. So that should tell you a lot about it. Those are the polar opposites in the film world. Mm -hmm. it's for, you either like Forrest Gump and you're a type A person mm -hmm. or you like 2001. Yes. That, that's, that was the film school mentality. That was these boys with their arms crossed, kind <laughs> of, just being... What film school uh, was this, by the way? Um, this was uh, Chapman University, oh. Dodge College of Film and Media Arts. Okay, fantastic. Apparently yeah. run by... Males with their arms crossed. Yes. They were making the rules. Young boys. Well, um, speaking of young boys who at some point turn into doctors, we have a professor <laughs> of ecology and evolutionary biology at UCLA. It's Dr. Yeah. Peter Nonax joining us. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you for having me here. No, we are delighted to have you here. And uh, and I have a, a few questions off the bat that are not film related, but I was doing, a, I don't okay. want to say a deep dive, but a shallow uh, dipping of my toes into your background. And uh, you have a, a publication that explored the concept cheating to learn. Is that accurate uh, to say? Yes, yes. Okay, yes, I do. had done that most of my academic career, I think. So why Is just cheating or learning? Uh, it's kind of both, okay. I would say. I, I, right. I feel like I had my own theory on how I was right. cheating, but simultaneously learning. Yeah. So I just wanted to, yeah, ask about that. Uh, well, basically, I, I assume that, that both of you have gone through some higher education, you've taken, I don't know, how many tests have you taken Thank in your you life? Thank you for assuming that. A lot of tests. None as terrifying as you asking me how many. <laughs> well, do you remember any of them? Uh, do I remember any of them? Uh, I, 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 I struggled to find to figure out what I had for breakfast yesterday yeah. in the yeah. sound check. So no, I, yeah, yeah, doctor, yeah, I, I yeah. 
I don't. Yeah, that's 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 true for all of us. I mean, we just know we've gone to school, we've taken a lot of tests, we were in rooms, we don't much remember much. And if you think about it, you know, how often is it in your life? I mean, we, we take tests all the time. We kind of think they're normal. We kind of think this is what life is about. But how often do you actually ask, you know, you're in a room and someone says, here, we'll give you a problem. We want you to solve it. you got about an hour to solve it. You can't talk to anybody. You can't look at your notes. You can't, you know, surf the web. Just, you know, just pick your brain for an hour and come up with a solution to this problem. I mean, how often does that happen in your life other than in school? Just therapy, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say an escape room, but I, I haven't done one yet. But that's yeah, what it sounds yeah. like. So, so, you know, most tests that are given have, have no relation to what's going to happen the rest of your life. So basically... I just go in and tell the students, you know, I'm going to give you, like, the hardest question you've ever had in evolutionary biology or whatever. But I don't give a damn how you solve it. You can talk to each other. You can surf the Internet. You can bring in my daughter if you want and ask her questions. <laughs> Shout out to Noni, in. who's here in the studio. You can bring in experts. You can, all I want is the best possible answer. I don't care how you get it and whatever. So, in oh. essence, that means that, you know, you can do anything that otherwise would be called cheating. Mm. You know, it's great. Right. And what you get is, is students like really learn a lot better that way. They, 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 they solve problems. You get a better answer to the, your questions. It's more fun to grade because it's, you know, it's actually something that's kind of challenging. Yeah. Um, and they remember it. That makes a lot right. of sense. We you know, had just done a, a podcast recently about memory, and I, yeah. I uh, was remembering how I would just make up like a song or a rap or something to just memorize a bunch of stuff yeah. for a test and then put down all the answers and then immediately forget, on purpose, I think, all of the information. Do so, you remember the song still? No. no? Okay. I would even forget the songs. <laughs> well, I, I don't doubt that the lack of stress associated with the test also contributes to the Oh, students it's more having- stressful. Because it's without the, the without the notes, yeah. Um, because it's like this isn't this isn't the normal test. They've never had a test like this. What we can talk to each other, you know, and especially when I tell them it's going to be a really hard ass question, mm. then that really stresses them out. But I don't know. Kind of with Hannah on this one, I know you're a PhD, but I feel like if you told me <clears throat> you can cheat all you want, you can talk all you want, I'm putting my I'm putting my feet up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they, they don't trust yeah. me. They figure I'm going to change the rules somewhere in the middle oh, okay. of the test, too. Which that, is also, yes. I've okay. never had you as an instructor. Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah, I can see right. you're not trustworthy at all. Um, and then Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, before we dive into this epic film, uh, about something you're doing with squirrels deciding between two foods. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll take credit for my graduate student, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, Please. That's Amanda Robbins doing her PhD on that. And so what she's, what she's interested in is, is squirrels... You give them a choice between two things to eat, right? One of the things, uh, your jelly bean versus your salad, right? Um, one of the things they can eat right there, they have to eat right there. I mean, they can't take it away. And the other thing, they could sort of pick it up, they could eat it there, or they could take it somewhere else and store it. And the question is, if, if they learn, and she's, she's made this wonderful little sort of robot apparatus that only gives them sort of one choice. If they sort of learn what, which one of these things, and you only have one of them, which one would you take? Okay. And, you know, they come with certain costs and benefits. If you, if you take the thing that you can take away, you can store it and you have it at winter and so on. Um, 
but you know, you could lose it over winter as well. So, or you could eat the thing that you have right now, but then you'd have to sit there, and there might be hawks, there might be other squirrels, right? So it's kind of a risk risk benefit sort of trade off. Interesting. Okay. So it's a lot about how animals make decisions, and you can basically play all sorts of games with animals, give them give them more clues about what they're going to have. You can move things closer in more dangerous areas and less dangerous. You can have fake squirrels there, and as to whether or not you know, oh, someone's watching me, maybe that will change your mind about which one you want. Right. So all kinds of all kinds of things. It, and that's uh, her that's her PhD. So I am gonna take credit for it, but that's her work. Is it dangerous for her to be interacting and playing with these squirrels? Because squirrels always seem so cute to me. Not the squirrels, okay. but the bear that occasionally wants the nuts is You have is a bear in the lab? She's in Oh a no, no, zoo? no. She's out she's out in nature doing this. Oh, these wow. are these are wild squirrels and wild they've got squirrels. wild bears and they even got mountain lions walking by. Wow. So okay. and the other thing is is rattlesnakes are smart. So rattlesnakes are oh there's squirrels by this thing. So sometimes you have to be careful that there's a rattlesnake sitting by your robot I waiting s- for a squirrel. I saw a film and the title's escaping me, but it's about crows and their yeah. ability to problem solve and use different mechanisms mm-hmm. to get prey and uh, yeah. little nuts and things like that. And it just blew my mind. Every time I walk down the street and see a squirrel, I feel like we're making eye contact now yeah. since seeing that. Yeah. It's yeah. like right. looking at a mirror, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the things I was reading about preparing for this is how similar we are to like everything living on the planet. Some things not living that we share like 50% DNA with a banana. Um, so I'm sure with squirrels, you know, maybe they're just seeing a kindred spirit. Yeah. And you guys should have a conversation. Invite them to coffee. What do you think, Doc? Reincarnation? Ooh. Ooh. Great question. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, would you you rather be reincarnated as the snake or the squirrel? And by the way, your choice does affect what will happen. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this is the decision. I would much rather be a squirrel because, um... Because of how the world will receive me. Wow. Oh, so it's the approval of others that matters to you. So oh, no. What kind of doctor are you? Yeah, we're back in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, actually, snake, even yeah. though I'm gro- like grossed out by snakes a little right. bit. But I feel like they're good at hunting. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Sure. I feel like yeah. as a squirrel, I'm just going to get wrecked by something that I don't lot, see coming. I think, I think you're going to get a lot more respect as a rattlesnake. But, than a but what about a city squirrel? Yeah. What about a city squirrel? I gotta hang out with my city friends. I'd like to be a city squirrel. Yeah. If I were one. (laughs) Watch out for cars. Sure. I'll be in the trees. (laughs) (laughs) Hopping tree to tree. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the film. 2001 A Space yeah. Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick, and I've been saying Kubrick yeah. for years, but after watching a few online essays, mm. apparently it's Kubrick. Kubrick. So that is my mistake to everyone Got I've it. ever spoken to before. Um, so when did you first uh, watch the film? What was your impression of it? Oh, gosh. So it came out, what, in 68? 68, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I think I, went, I think I went to the theater, and, you know, it was like, that and so sort of the first Star Wars episode, right, where I watched it in the front row, stoned out of my mind. <laughs> it was like, you know, that was that was pretty impressive an experience. But yeah, it was it was the first like really serious, I think, science fiction film that wasn't like, you know, your your B movie kind of cheesy, you know, plastic model on a string mm-hmm. sort of blasting through space. So, you know, all the, the visuals were like, wow, that looks real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, still today, and I then, thought it yeah. looked then, fantastic. Well, right. 
well, to use, to use Hannah, so, you know, the movie itself is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You can, you can get what you want out of See, it. See, for me, true. it was more the Vietnam scenes yeah. because, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like four <laughs> movies in one, it's, right? You know? When, I, when the, the intermission title came on, I out loud said, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Intermission. You have Come to on. kind of uh, like purposefully put yourself in 1968, I yeah. think, and in order to like receive the film properly, because with our 2019 glasses, it's like, oh my lord, this Cut movie's in to slow the motion. Chase. Yeah, what yeah. do they edit? And there is no chase. gravity. It's, no, it's zero no, gravity. It's no. It's it's not a movie for the attention deficit generation. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I'm the ad, I'm the actually ambassador of that. Yes. Yeah. Right. That right. group. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, okay, but you loved it at the time. You were yeah. stoned out. No, not on that one. I was stoned oh. out for Star Wars. Stoned was, out for Star Wars. I was too young to be stoned out at that point. For, okay, but, yeah. I think it was so, two so, years yeah. earlier, so I don't know what your yeah. uh, age rec- requirement is to yeah. be stoned out, but yeah. they seem... I like that you guys are saying stoned out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's such a funny... I think that's the proper scientific is term. It? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, you get stoned out with your friends. So now with a squirrel. Twisted. Um, and then uh, would you say it's your favorite sci-fi film? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Definitively. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Going right in. Yes. I will say I watched... Blade Runner is next. Oh, and Blade Runner. Okay. Another... Right. Oh, you're laughing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one. Oh, my God. Who, what, what room are we in? <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's hear the other side of the coin here, well, the Forrest Gump to your 2001. You know, uh, I, I thought that it... It's definitely, I will say that it, it feels like the Old Testament of sci-fi. Yeah. You know, it's like there. I, I can already see, you know... Um, Interstellar, massive parallels there. Mm-hmm. Wally, yeah. Pixar, <clears throat> yeah. Disney Pixar's Wally is so close to this film, even with the little, you know, automated Hal esque red dot oh, yeah, that's true. trying uh-huh. to steer Absolutely. the humans away. I mean, it's completely. And there's like no dialogue in Wally for the first. Yes, I don't know how long. First 25 minutes in this yeah. film, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I mean. I knew I was in for it when it started with the dawn of man. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah you right. You can't, can't get away with that sort of title these days. You should sit down, man. And I and I just love the opening with all of those men in in ape suits. I just whenever I see men clearly in ape suits, I can't help but just imagine them with their heads off underneath their arms at the craft yeah. services table, oh, yeah. just drinking coffee and well, smoking how did, cigarettes. How did you know they were all men? You know, they, doc, they, they basically were not anatomically <laughs> correct. If you if you want to get into the biology of it, you know. Yeah, yes. well, you know, you're right about that. There's no way to know, but but in my fantasy, they're all just like New York Italian men. Okay, I know? don't know if they're New York Italian, but they were all men. They you were definitely dancers. Correct about that. They were mimes. They hired mimes to play all the apes. Wow. And they had to be Wonderful. thin mimes with. Yes. Thin arms because they didn't want them to be too bulky in the suits. Sure, because they had to be the close to human man, close to human form. Yes, mm. and they actually, I think they talked a lot with anthropologists. You know, mm-hmm. they, they sort of modeled them after ape societies and things like that. Sure, so they, tried, they tried to be sort of as biologically accurate. I mean, that that's one of the things I really love about the film as a scientist is is they really try to be as accurate as possible with everything that goes on. So there's no, like, explosions in space because you can't hear anything in space. Where would you say on the timeline of, you know, the first visibly, you know, human male-looking being, uh, those uh, ape suit men were? Yeah, well, that was... was 
again, it was in 68, and a lot of the really good fossils have been found since then. So back then, we knew a lot less about how human evolution went by. And really, probably our ancestors back then, if you had dressed them up in clothes and just looked at them from the neck down, you'd sort of say, well, that looks like sort of a, a small person with kind of suspiciously long arms. Hmm. But they basically were bipedal. They walked like us. They didn't sort of that – was, that was where they missed, right? So they bounced around like chimpanzees. They looked like chimpanzees. That's not what our ancestors were like. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were, again, from the neck down looking very much like us. From the neck up, they looked like, you know, more like a chimpanzee. Hmm. But that was, that was, you know, you can't sort of fault them for that. I mean, the, the movies before that, right, was a guy with a gorilla suit or, or Fred yeah. Flintstone kind of thing, right? <laughs> um, so they really tried to, and, and they imitated what would be sort of like, a, a, you know, uh, the, the dawn of chimps, you might sort of say, as opposed to the dawn of man. But yeah. Sure. And I, I thinking of these... Uh, you know, finding the tools and immediately using them against one another. Right. I liked mm-hmm. that there was yeah. some sort of poetic commentary on. So you like Absolutely. you like violence in your sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's yes. the violence and the violence. poetry. And Those two for me. Day, you <laughs> just, loved it. Yes. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Action. Good. <laughs> um, so before we get too much into uh, apes and man and all that uh, sort of good uh, stuff, I have a game here, and so. I didn't want to give away answers in our conversation. All so right. We'll, we'll play this quick game, and then we'll, we'll jump back into evolution. The game is called 2019 An Ape's Oddities. I'm going to have you answer first these okay. questions, and then maybe you'll know the answers, Dr. Peter. Or I'll fake it. Or, well, I have the answer, so okay. I'm not sure you'll be able to fake it. <laughs> I'll um, cheat. But hopefully, yeah, exactly. And honestly, cheating is fun. Okay. Yeah. If you want to look up Open the answers. As I'm, as I'll, I'm look at, I'll look at the notes you're reading from. Okay. Gorillas live in big families called what? Okay. It's a pack. It's a pride. It's a gaggle. I can't tell you yet. Okay, wait. Let me. My final answer is. Here we go. A Paggle. gorilla lives in a big group and it's a family, and it's called a quartet? No. <laughs> no matter what the number is, it's a quartet. Yes. Yep. Did uh, I get it? Doc? Uh, I would just call it a family. I looked up that they're called harems. Okay, that was, uh, I was never going to get that. Well, we're trying to get rid of those sort of terms. <laughs> oh, okay. You see, men were learning. Yes. So don't say harems, people. That's stupid. Well, don't no, it's, 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 there's, there's in, in, in animal behavior, there, you know, Initially, behavior was described in very sort of human terms. So we mm. kind of used a lot of human equivalents. Mm-hmm. And harem has, as you might sort of think, sort of implications when you're talking about humans. And it's not necessarily exactly what gorillas do. So oh, okay. one by one, we're trying to eliminate sort of human kind of mm. terms. Let's eliminate that one right now, could officially. We, could we change it to ensemble? Ensemble is nice. It's more like just a family. Just a family. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You know, let's so let's keep okay. things basic I for like, people. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Can you tell me a difference between apes and monkeys? A difference between apes and monkeys. I suspect that it's uh, neurological. Okay. Yes. In, in their, um, I would say that apes are um, closer to us. So far, on point. Doc agrees? Mm. Teeth, oh. no tails. 
No tails. That's no the tails. other one that I have. Yes. No tails. What's the teeth difference? Uh, you have to be real specialized, but you know, basically, each species, each group has its own kind of teeth, and so, mm. so primates, especially like apes, uh, eat a lot of uh, leaves and things, so the teeth tend to be sort of bigger and more robust. Okay. Yeah. What do monkeys eat? Uh, fruits, okay. um, insects. Interesting. Yeah. Gross. Grub. Just, just, just some basic grub. Um, okay. Can you name the members of the ape family? <laughs> Most back audible swallow. Did you guys get yeah, that? we are uh, back there's to family. Charles and there's um, like yeah, mom, dad, Paul, um, the ape family. Yes, okay, we've well, mentioned a couple of them. Yes. Uh, how many are there? Six. Oh, I have here. Which I oh, geez. Might be wrong, but I have six. Okay. Orangutan. Yes. Gorilla. Yes. Uh, my cousin Lenny. No. <laughs> hey I don't. It's actually my cousin Ben. Um, okay. Orangutan, gorilla, um, chimpanzee. Yep. 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 That's uh, three. Oh, my God. Which is already very good. You know, I, I'm impressed with three. I'm very I have impressed to say. with three. Yeah, I know three <laughs> I'm right answers. With three. You didn't say horse. You know, yes, it's really yeah. good. Well, there's gibbons. Yes. Yeah. There's us. Yes, humans. Ah, uh, we would count. Oh, fun. Yeah. We do count. I didn't. So know then that my cousin Ben works. It's, yeah. Honestly, that's okay, true. So I, I should have. I should have. I want to argue for yeah. four. We're okay. Just, we're, we're, we're very ape-like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have one more. All right. Bonobos, Bonobos. Noni coming in from the back. Oh, yeah, Noni is more That's often. That's her favorite. I um, that one. Bonobos, Bonobos are what? What? There's something super special about bonobos, right? Aren't they like the? I don't. I thought they were like the smartest ones, but maybe um, I'm wrong. They're they're less violent than say chimpanzees. Okay, um, I like that. The societies tend to be more dominated by the females than the males. Okay, These uh, a bit too- smaller. Do bonobos also have an attack protocol, the way chimps do? Probably everything does, but mm. not not so much. I mean, they they not the face they, ripping. They, they kind of release stress by having sex with each other, so ah. rather than hitting each other. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Bonobos. The Italians. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. I uh, I wanted to. <laughs> bring up the fact that evolution is a myth to a bunch of people and see how you felt about that. Uh, it's not a myth. How's that? <laughs> well, uh, according to a ton of people in the United States, yeah. it is a myth. There was a study published in Science that compared the attitudes of uh, 34 countries on this. Yeah. And the only country where acceptance was lower than the United States was Turkey, which had a 25% acceptance. So what's wrong with people here? I guess is my question. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, if 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 you truly are Darwinian and sort of evolutionary biologist, then possibly you don't think there's a god. That means there's no life after. That means you know unfairness in life ain't going to be fixed later on, and things like that. And it's, and it's kind of a depressing sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? So so you, you kind of I think kind of want. It. By the way, I should point out my only my only movie credit is I'm actually a, a professor in a creationist movie. What? What? <laughs> what? How did that come about? What do you? What do you? What does I, that mean? I was I was interviewed for a documentary, and and so uh, it, it's about you know debunking evolution, right? Evolution's a myth, right? So, so the the you narr- agreed to be on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, yeah. great. So okay. the narrator narrator came and interviewed several uh, evolutionary biologists, and basically we're like two minutes each explaining evolution, and most of my screen time 
is being blasphemous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're like interviewing you as the enemy. In well, yeah, it's like, it's like, yes, yes. You know, did you take God's name in vain? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, well, you're going to hell. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. So and I'm the evolutionary biologist who blasphemes, right? Uh, but didn't really, none of, none of the actual conversations about evolution actually made into the What's film. the name of this accurate film? It's your only movie credit, I'll remind <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, it's like challenging evolution or something like that. I don't oh, know. man. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. what, a, what a feeling to but, but spend your life studying something yeah, and yeah, have yeah. a you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you Google me, again, like you obviously did, to find the... I did. Right. So you find, what am I known for? What, what are the big things that pop up? One is that I let students cheat. Right. And the other <laughs> is, if you go down a little bit further down the list, you'll find, you know, this movie. Yes. You know, this and, wonderful yes, film. Yes. And yes. I'm in there for like, you know... 80 seconds, I think. Yeah. Do you Blasphemy. know of people or people where you're from that deny the evolution? Oh, no. I'm from Los Angeles, so uh, <laughs> we are all on board. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of everybody, all yeah, of us. That's at, good. All yeah. of every single person, yeah. yeah. But it is, I mean, getting back to the movie, it is, it is sort of a little bit of the stream of, of creationists, which is called intelligent design, right? Which is supposedly some... some Entity comes and sort of starts right. our evolution. The monolith. The monolith, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, we wouldn't have made it without somebody coming and, and teaching us how to hit each other with bones. Right, yes. Yeah. What, what did you think of that section? Like, because it comes up a few times, obviously. Like, it advances our thinking, right, each time. So do you think that there's something that did that, or was it just millions of years no, of us No, I mean, there's no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no sort of compelling evidence that that, that that happened, right? But again, it's one of those things like... You, you can't you can't prove something did not happen, right? Okay. So so it's real, right? I love the monolith stuff. That that really, right? I could go on about it yeah. for so long. Right. It was, well, it's the fam- most famous jump cut in movie history, right? With yes. the bone going up and then turning into a spaceship. I did want to mention that uh, jump cut because I always thought that it was just a spaceship, but upon my research, I realized that they wanted it to be a weapon. It's actually it it. The bone turns into this uh, orbiting, like, nuclear oh. bomb. Oh, That's what wow. it's, like, supposed to be, even though it yeah. wasn't, as they do with so many things in this movie, There's, it's not definitive. It doesn't tell you what it is, right. but that is what so it's your supposed box of to chocolates. be. There was, yeah. there was a, I, I tried to f- find some uh, different meaning for Hal, uh, mm. what he could represent, and I thought maybe he was an extension of the idea of God, you know, sort of... Um, he says he knows everything. He's technically created by humans. And but he screws up? You're he, saying God screws well, he, up? He, he does something unjust, which is letting yeah. that guy fly out into space and sort of trying to control all these things. Well, is, right. that, is that like really – well, first off, isn't, isn't it sort of interesting the most – the most fleshed out character was a red eye computer, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. so classic. But, you know, what was he supposed to do? Right. So suppose I'm sitting here and the two of you start talking to each other about how I'm such a rotten guest and maybe you should kill him and get a new one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then what am I going to do? Right. So how how here's these two astronauts basically saying they're going to turn him off. Right. Right. Which to him is like being killed. What are you going to do? Millions Defend yourself. Yes, exactly. Just like the apes. Survival sure. of the fittest. Yeah. Which is not a Darwin quote. I also read uh, this morning. No, I never said that. Yeah, everyone thinks that's a Darwin thing. No, I have the guy's name who did say it, but I don't I know if I'll Huxley, be able to find it. it. 
Um, <clears throat> Herbert Spencer. Spencer, yeah, Spencer. One of his contemporaries. There was also um, people credit Darwin with being the first to develop this evolution theory, but Nazir Aldin Altusi in the 13th century had a basic theory of evolution. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. I did not. I assumed you did. <laughs> I, I, I too didn't. So. <laughs> yeah, basically, Darwin was useless. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm promoting anti-Darwinism. Is that cool? Mm. Uh, he wasn't quite <laughs> useless. <laughs> easy. You know, he easy took 20 there. years to make the origin of species. Apparently, everyone like, loves well, let's it. Put, but let's put it this way: he, he did the same thing that Columbus did. I mean, he discovered the. He wasn't the first to discover it, but but his mm. discovery stuck. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was the one that mattered. But did Darwin like Columbus also like? have a bunch of slaves and feel like rape and pillage no no i feel like he was more chill dude yeah he, he, but he did come I up with sexual her. selection which is pretty cool very cool yes what's that that's the reason you and i look different sexual selection sexual selection yes so did he construct gender uh no no, no please okay. doctor <laughs> no the idea the idea is that that it's not survival that matters it's reproduction that matters and what matters in reproduction, again, is, is getting the best genes for your kids. And if you tend to be female, if you tend to be a woman, you're going to invest more in kids than a man. Because what's, what's the minimum amount of investment you need to have your kid? Well, you need to carry it for nine months and then probably feed it afterwards and so on. What's the minimum investment for a man? Well, you know, a teaspoon That moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. So that means that if you make a bad choice you're going to be spending a lot of investment in that bad choice in terms of a mate. Mm. If, a, if a man makes a bad choice, then, well, it's a teaspoon of sperm, right? Yeah. It's not much. So the idea then drives it is that, that women control everything. You choose. And you choose in various ways that indicates male quality. Mm. That's sexual selection. And so that's why you have peacock tails. I mean, a peacock Dragging that thing around the jungle can't possibly improve its survival. It's going to be very costly, right? So the only reason it does it is because it won't get any matings if it doesn't have a tail. Right. And that's sexual selection. And that's what Darwin came up with that was really, I think, much intellectually more fascinating and, and hard to come up with than natural selection, which, again, was sort of kicking around as an idea for a long time. Yeah. Interesting. And, and speaking of the tail, that's something that we all have in the womb, and then it dissolves, and now we don't have it yeah. anymore. Wouldn't that be pheromones in addition to all of our, you know, oh, physical, yeah. attractive yeah, yeah, yeah. qualities that, what you know, our societies, right. et cetera? Right. And you can sort of, you can ask, you know, if we don't have enough pheromones, we put on perfume and deodorant and various mm -hmm. other things. Why are we doing that? Well, it's to be attractive, isn't it? Well, and not to bother anyone. Mm. Right, but still. You know, if I don't wear deodorant, like, I, I don't, you guys would be dying to get out of here probably. Yeah, not I me. I love that. a man who's real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone yeah. besides Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Other <laughs> issues we're going to figure out on a different podcast. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a necessity. But the tail thing was weird to me because we, like, there's certain, like, monkeys have tails like we were talking about before. Apes don't have tails. Right. We don't have tails. And then, like, evolution-wise, we, we have these things that we don't need, right? Like wisdom teeth. Right. Or our, uh, like, pinky toe. Although... Appendix? Yeah, do you want to know why we have appendix? 
Yeah, please. Okay. Right. What does an appendix do for you? Well, appendix basically every now and again it like gets a seed caught in it and it oh. and it sort of like filters gets, it. No, it gets it doesn't like it. So it gets inflamed and it swells, which cuts off the blood supply to the cells, which means the cells die, which means that it, it now oh. breaks open and all the stuff in your intestines. Sounds terrible. Through. That's what appendicitis is, right? Mm. So the question is why why do we still have an appendix when it's like having a bomb in our bellies? Yeah. The problem is, is that you can't, evolution is not an engineer. You can't just sort of take the design and erase the appendix and say, okay, now we've made it better. Yeah. You have to get rid of it bit by bit. And that means you have to make it smaller and smaller. The problem is, if you're born with a smaller than average appendix, you're more likely to get appendicitis. Whoa. Why is well, that? Because the more likely stuff is going to get stuck in it and the same oh. sort of right. So, so. Oh, I see. But then so yeah, you have it loop. removed and it's no longer there. And. Right. So on and so on, and it's just no longer there, right? Yeah, but it, but well, you said you have it removed, but your genes still say it should be there, and mm-hmm. therefore your kids are going to grow one too. So unless we like all have them removed for generations, well, that doesn't work either. I Ooh. mean, they, uh, they it'll they, just get smaller. There's a famous there's a famous experiment where where and this is sort of you'll like it because it's sort of violent. Hey, uh, <laughs> she's uh, thrilled. You know me, where, where a scientist basically took mice and they, it, and every generation he would cut the tails. Okay. Right? Uh, and of mice? Of mice, yes. Every generation. So for like 20 generations of mice, and then he measured the Holy tails crap. after the end of that, right? Which is the tails were just as long after 20 generations as they were in the first because you're not changing the genes. It's like, you know, you, oh. if you break your arm, your kid is not going to be born with a broken arm. Mm-hmm. So these are acquired characteristics. So, yeah. Removing your appendix means you're not going to have appendicitis, but it also doesn't affect whether your kids have an appendix or not. That's going to be evolutionary. And again, every time it gets smaller, then you're having a kid that's more likely to die of appendicitis. So it's a bad thing. So evolution always works in these sort of trade-offs. And so again, uh, we are, like I said, like you pointed out, we're an ape. Mm-hmm. But we're an ape that stood up on its hind legs. But all our, all our bodies are still sort of designed like a four-legged animal, which means that humans get things like hernias and hemorrhoids, which is our inside sort of pushing out because we're standing up on our back legs and it wouldn't happen if we were all walking around all fours. So, again, evolution, evolution has to work with what it's got. And there are these trade-offs all the time. And so a lot of human characteristics don't make any sense except for the fact that once upon a time we were four-legged animals and even before that we were fish right so there there are things in our bodies that make sense if you're a fish and it doesn't make sense at all if you're a human being okay i have two questions based on what you just said one is this mice tail cutting freak in jail oh no this was this was this was way back sort of uh, sort of in darwin's time again sort of looking looking at people were cool right so remember darwin darwin didn't know anything about genetics right so so how how he just know knew that that kids sort of look like their parents Mm -hmm. and so the question is is do you can you can you be like lamarck and acquire your characteristics in life so if you work out a lot you're going to have muscular kids or, you know, is there something sort of, they didn't know about DNA or genes, but again, it's there's something sort of hereditary, that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you acquire in life. And so again, so the, the experiment was to sort of show is that, that mice who acquire short tails by you cutting them off generation after generation after generation, whatever it is that makes tails, you're not changing. Mm. 
Would you say that as a product of um, our capitalist society, evolution will be determined by who can pay to have genetically modified children? Because for me, like, I was a product of, my mother had me when she was 43, so I was a product of gender yeah. selection, um, but done in 1995, so it wasn't the way it is now where they're actually going in and determining the chromosomes under a microscope. It was like, which one swims the fastest, you know, yeah. that's the boy, you know, and it was me. So um, I did survive. You, you swam the fastest? I did, yeah. Okay. So, okay. you know. No, good to know you're a fast swimmer. Yes, yeah. I've always been one of the guys, but no, that's a total joke. I any woman who says that, just, you know, not good. Um, but uh, and, and not one of the guys, by the way. Um, but that's a side note. But what I'm saying is, do you think that uh, uh, people will be able to determine um, the characteristics and qualities of their children through being able to pay for it? Sure. Um, you know, you, you, there's, there's what's called CRISPR-Cas. You can sort of start editing, editing your, your you can actually, you can actually change your DNA, right? So if you want your tail back, right? You yeah. Could, you, could, you could put, you could put monkey genes into your kids and they yeah. might grow a tail. Seems like nothing Whoa. would come right. from that. That's bad. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> could possibly go now, nothing. now, whether or not that's, that's, that's natural selection or what Darwin was thinking about, that's something else. Because, like I say, we're the only species that's ever existed on a planet that can sit around a table like this and talk about these sort of things, mm -hmm. right? So the ape men in 2001, they weren't, I mean, the, the monolith did what it's ever did, but, but they didn't sort of like, hmm, hmm, <laughs> yeah. are our kids going to, you know, have less hair and, you know... <laughs> Um, so we're the only ones who are actually like taking control and thinking about things evolutionarily. So it's 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 entirely different process than what what made us. Let's are put it that are way. we then mutating our own evolution? I mean, is that still evolution if we're changing it but with well, technology? Again, if, you, if you basically define evolution as sort of change in gene frequencies and, and change in appearance and so on, then yeah, whatever whatever creates it is evolution. If you're sort of thinking about what's, what, you know, it's natural selection, which is you know, having the most kids, then maybe it's not natural selection. Hmm. But certainly not not what is a random process, right? So, right. so again, if you, wanna, if you want your kids to have smaller appendices, then you have to wait for a mutation that produces smaller appendices. But now you can sort of say, well, maybe I could go in and edit it out of my genome completely. You know, you can actually engineer it, which, which historically you never could. Are you, so, are you for that, uh, you know, genetically engineering our kids? You think it's a good idea? I'm looking at my daughter. No. Okay. What would I change about her? No. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, but you're you're now way away from the movie, right? But but you're talking about something again. Oh, is 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 every technology that we make uh, a good technology? And, and and again, that that's a question not necessarily for philosophers. I mean, it's for scientists. It is for more ph philosophical. You know. Okay. Do we actually want to guide our own evolution? Do you want? You know, you can actually start thinking about well. You know, maybe learning the second language just takes too much time. Maybe we could just implant a chip into our brain, you know, and that would, that <laughs> would be, aye, aye, aye. you know. Right, so who knows what 100 years from now the, the questions we're going to have. Yeah. But they're not going to be the same ones that got us here. They're going to be totally different questions with technology. Well, my philosophical mentor, Hannah, what, mm -hmm. what do you feel about this? People are already changing their kids' eye color, like choosing that on purpose and stuff. You think this is cool? Should we be messing around? You know, um, I will only speak for myself in that um, I believe that this type of intervention should only apply to preventing diseases. 
Um, everything else is jazz, you know? Yeah. Why, 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 why? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're all, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you, if you're down with your partner, you should be able to cross your fingers and just be like, this is going to be good. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, choice. do what you got to do to eliminate, you know, the really terrible, horrifying diseases that you can, which is great. And that would be, you know, better for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I think that stuff's uh, incredibly vain. And um, I have no kids of my own, so I can't, you know, obviously fully speak on it. But I think that's just, a, I, I myself would only worry about the health. Yeah, of the child. I would be paranoid constantly, I think, if I went in and genetically changed me about my kid. Yeah, for... and imagine if it doesn't take, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed at any point it's just like, I mean, I'd be checking them constantly. I'd be going to the doctor. And yeah, having, I don't know. I would just want a healthy child, you yeah. know? That's a that's nice all. thing to ask for. Um, I, uh, I looked up, sorry, what would happen if we took off our pinky toe because people were saying <laughs> it's useless, but it's not useless. No, They're saying not. that it would make like running, walking, and skipping nearly impossible. <laughs> so in case you were thinking about uh, you know, I wasn't losing some weight. No. Losing no, I wasn't. Some Don't do that. Um, shave your head. I'm thinking about losing weight, but not... Not cutting, there. Not cutting off. Don't, it's going to make no. it so much harder to lose more weight. Yeah. Because yeah. then you can't, you'd can't have to run. just cycle, I guess. Wow. Well, mm. If you're into that. Um, okay. We kind of talked about this uh, of convergent evolution I wanted to ask you about. Can you explain to me what that is? Well, convergent evolution is why porpoises and sharks kind of look alike. Okay. You know, because they are predators that need to swim fast through the water and there are certain shapes that work much better than other shapes and so so again you know any anything that looks more like a torpedo and is chasing other fish is going to have more food going to make more babies and so on and so sometimes it's a fish sometimes it's a mammal so convergent evolution would be sort of again that 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 you have species that are kind of doing the same thing and the physics of doing that s same thing selects for similarities okay but you know once you once again I'm sure Hannah was like cutting open the shark and cutting open the, the dolphin, <laughs> yeah. right? If you look inside, they're very, they're I love, very different. I love very, Jaws. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just love it. So they're very, very different inside. <laughs> but outside, they kind of look similar. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, historically, people used to call whales and dolphins fish because they sure. uh, look like fish. And yeah. we were fish. And yet, Once I have so time. much trouble in the water. I can't tell you. Yeah. yeah how much, uh, isn't a high percentage of our body water yeah. Isn't there like a massive amount of water in our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're mostly, you, mostly just bags of water, yeah. Would you say that that's... Would you say that that is tr from back then? No. 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 It's just that the water, water is the miracle molecule. Mm. H2O is the miracle molecule that does all these wonderful kind of things mm. that allows, you know stuff to move around Life. and things and so on. So, I thought it was DMT. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, so there's, you know, you have to go down to viruses for things that don't have water in it, but bacteria has water in it. I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah, you, you uh, speaking of being stoned out and the miracle molecule and all your crazy drug stuff, Dr. Peter, uh, okay. there's, a, there's a theory from Terrence McKenna called the stoned ape theory. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so he thinks essentially that apes came across mushrooms and that's when they started becoming more that's... advanced. How do you feel about this? Uh, well, it's it's a wonderful idea because there's absolutely no way to test it, right? So that's, that was the best kind <laughs> oh, of idea. Oh, there's ideas. a way, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Talk no, to me after the show. Well, yeah, but... Got cash on you. <laughs> 
Right, but that's that's us. That's, you know, right. Unless unless you have some apes at home that you're gonna give you know <laughs> you know magic mushrooms to and see what they come up with. Um, uh, yeah, there's 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 sort of this interesting kind of thing. Is what what drives evolution? Is it is it sort of the physical part of you, the morphology, or is it sort of the cultural the the things? So you can sort of think about you know your hand. Uh, so we have. We have this wonderful thumb that allows us to do all kinds of fine stuff that chimpanzees can't do and so on. So the question is, did we, did we actually make tools before we had our thumbs or did we have to have our thumbs before we make tools? Ooh. And the idea is that, that probably we started to make tools and we weren't really good at it. And then if your kid had a mutation and made a slightly better thumb, they were better at making tools, and therefore they did better. So in essence, our culture drove our evolution and so on. So probably the fact that our brains were increasing and the mushrooms had sort of fantastic effects, then maybe it was sort of vice versa. It wasn't, it wasn't that, that, that you got stoned and then you thought of great things. Is you start to think of great things and you add it, sort of, oh, well, we can get stoned too. So... Okay. Yeah. Little mix. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, back to the movie. The movie is the, the classic was the killer ape hypothesis, right? Which is, which is that we were these kind of barely hanging on, you know, eating bugs and roots and stuff like that, and then we decided we could kill things. Right. And that. Was and the each root other. Success. Yes. Yeah. Classic yeah. humanity, right there. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, if you're gonna step. On my water hole. Yeah, then what's I kept up? just thinking, guys, can we get a can we get a lady ape in here to just kind of bring them together and say, fe- but, bo- now boys." But but, but 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 how did you know that some of them weren't lady apes? That's the thing. Okay, you right. know what, Dak? I just <laughs> give me a break. Listen, she had a sense. It was in her gut. She followed it. She was right. <laughs> they're all no, dudes. They're I, all thin dudes. I did. Yeah, they're all ballerinas. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it seems like there was enough water. I don't know yeah, for everybody, probably. Like, yeah, but uh, you know, so I guess classic. we naturally get, join a gang. So this might be. This is likely a stupid question, um, but no such thing. Well, yeah, I, yeah get ready I'm for this. I'm supposed to be a teacher. Right? That's what we're supposed <laughs> to say, right? I know no, you're supposed to say that. That's sweet. Right. Yeah. I feel good. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so we. Uh, human beings are, are apes. Are we are apes are ourselves? Yeah. Um, but what stopped the other current, you know, ape presenting mammals from getting to our level? Is that just this is the height of their form and the no, the species no, of no, us? No. The, you're asking sort of the, the I guess the classic. No, no, kind of anti-evolution creationist question, oh, which, no. is, which is, if we evolve from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? Uh, right? yeah. it's, a, it's a good question. It's a valid right. question. Right. I was wondering well, the like, same thing. Well, it's like, you know, if you came from your parents, why are there still parents on this planet? You know? Mm. Well, on. they're older. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the thing is, again, is uh, this is this is sort of like the, the thing that was sort of wrong with the movie because they didn't really have all the, all the information we have now on human evolution, which is, you know, we did not evolve from chimpanzees. So about five million years ago, there's a common ancestor to us and the chimps. So we did not evolve from chimpanzees. Chimpanzees and us both evolved from a common ancestor. Um, we, our ancestors probably moved out to the savanna like, like Africa, where it was good to stand up on your hind legs for a variety of reasons. The other population from this common ancestor stayed in the jungle where it's good to climb around in trees and do sort of chimp things. Mm. And so, uh, you know, um, um, Again, just just to sort of 
put myself down a little bit, but you know, one of my favorite programs are the, the, the guilty pleasures, right? It's Naked and Afraid. You ever seen <laughs> sure. That? Yeah. You put naked people somewhere, they don't do very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so, you know, put a chimp in the jungle, a chimp's going to do fantastic. Right. You know, put a naked person in the jungle and it's going to die. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that they're not evolving. They're, they're, just evolving they're evolved. Slower. No, they're evolved to be great chimpanzees. And for their ecological niche, that's better than being, you know, a naked, upright human right. sort of mm-hmm. thing. Sure. So, you know, that's, that's why, you know, you have foxes and coyotes and wolves. They're all dog-like things. Yeah. But they're all doing different stuff. And so chimps have evolved to be fantastic at what they do. So our monkeys are fantastic at what they do. And we happened to find a little niche that we were good at. And we were probably pretty rare. I mean, there's, there's you know, there's four billion years of evolution on this planet and there's never been anything like us. So it's sort of where you would have to argue you're a lucky accident. You might say a miracle. A miracle, Ooh. yes. A miracle of evolution. Some might say, yes, of uh, evolution, yeah. for sure. Um, and uh, I, I also read, speaking on that, that in the last 5,000 years, we've been evolving faster than any time in history, approximately 100 times faster. So is that part of the same like niche thing you're talking about where it's like, oh, we found a way um, to advance ourselves. Right. So so I, I don't know about the about the the, the numbers there and, and and it depends again if, if you're talking about evolution of, of us as totality or sort of certain traits, right? So if you go back five thousand years ago, uh, everybody was lactose intolerant because right. we basically I was did, ask about this too, the milk. Yeah, we didn't we didn't we didn't basically raise animals and, and parasitize their milk, right? Right. So now now once you started doing that, if there was if there was a mutation in a kid that rather than becoming lactose intolerant after sort of three or four years, you could eat milk products all your life, that's a tremendous food resource. Right. And so that that gene, that sort of mutation spread very rapidly through human populations. And so so certain things like that have spread very rapidly. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, if you were to magically bring somebody from 10,000 years ago and dress them up in our fine clothes that we're all wearing here, they, they probably, you probably wouldn't sort of like think, oh, that's really a different, different human being. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of depends on what you're looking at. So certain things have changed a lot, and that's because our lifestyles have changed a lot. We're now eating a lot more grains. We're eating, you know, uh, a lot more processed stuff. We're eating, we have, again, all these milk products. And so that's had evolutionary effects. I have a lot of allergies. Does that make me less? Less than what? Than you or you or anybody else? No, no. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a very convincing no. No, 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 no. no, no. You're, you're, you're fine. No, you're well, that was a very f- father of a young woman. No, that you yeah, just exactly. gave. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's, sweetheart, it's, you're just like the other girls. That's what that felt like. But what you're what you're raising actually is a very interesting question because asthma and allergy has been increasing a lot over the last few generations, and that can't be an evolutionary change. It can't be genetic. So it isn't like you were born a mutant that was just allergic to everything. Thanks. So <laughs> finally, unanswer. Right. So so it's it's something that we've changed in our environment, 
And so, so it's the same genes that we had, but we're now, we've got all these things sort of floating around in our environment that we didn't have in the past. And our immune systems, which used to do things like, I assume you don't have any tapeworms or anything like that. Yeah, well, that's what our immune systems were built for, to so fight off parasites. And now we don't have parasites. So it's like fighting off cat dander. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. But yes. So it's doing other things. But it's not a genetic change. It's not that, you know, you're, 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 you're sort of a, a loser in the genetic, you know, you know lottery that we have. It's, it's that our environment has changed and we're sort of mismatched. So who's to blame here? The government again? Oh, it's Donald Trump, of course, right? <laughs> yeah. Always Donald Trump. If absolutely. it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be allergic to anything. Yes, absolutely. I know. It all started when he got elected. With all your allergies? <laughs> yeah, I had a cat for years. And then? And then yeah. I just became intolerant. Where's the cat? <laughs> In the frickin' White House, I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey. yes. The way these decisions are being made. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of animals. I trust your cat more. Oh, uh, yeah, I think. sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was going to ask about the milk thing. I'm glad you mentioned it. It says that one-third of us are able to drink milk, so two-thirds have a, like a lactose intolerance, which... No, I think that those numbers are wrong. Those there numbers is, are wrong. Yeah, I mean, it depends on which society. So there's, oh. there's, there's, I mean, certain societies, again, that just haven't had a lot of uh, domesticated animals, there's still a lot higher levels of, of lactose intolerance. Okay. And in fact, you can, you can become lactose intolerant, right, mm-hmm. by just stop eating milk products for, yeah. for a couple of years and you'll um, become lactose. It'll just shut it down. Wow. Um, but the majority of, majority of people on this planet now can... Are cool it, with milk. Yeah, can have cheese on their pizza. Yeah, I'm vegan and I can't go back. Can't go back. Can't go back. I, now, being vegan is a really bad evolutionary strategy, but we'll get into that. Really? One. Tell Whoa. me. Tell me. Because it's good now, right? Mm-hmm. But but historically, it's, you know, again. For the kids, it's bad? Well, no. You, you could not have been a vegan and survived 10,000 years ago. Sure. Right. But so. now we got the impossible burger. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. What are the chances she's going to be in a similar environment to how we were 10,000 years ago ever? Or her kids even. I'm sure they got them even at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. You know, they yeah. probably have an yeah. impossible yeah. drumstick the size of your face. Yeah, yeah. but you got you got to you got to you got to work at it more than I do, right? So I'm an omnivore, right? At and, my diet. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. More work right. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. But she doesn't have to hunt. That's cool. Oh, she has to gather. I'm sneaking yeah. up on a stalk of corn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hunting got for em. vegetables. <laughs> Um, okay, great. Uh, that's uh, pretty much the stuff I wanted to get to. I have some really weird other theories, but uh, we don't really have to okay. touch on them. Um, so, anything? What about the movie? What about it? You yeah. liked it? Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was good. I, I think if someone is listening and hasn't seen it, okay. it is a must-watch well, film. Let me just ask you one thing. Yes, please. Do you think Hal was alive? Hal? Alive? Yeah. Sentient? Yes. Intel, uh, intelligent? Yes. Yes. Was Hal self-aware? I mean, your computer doesn't care if it's turned on or off. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. the one difference, is that it didn't want to die and had an emotional yeah. response, mm-hmm. in my yeah. opinion. And so yeah. that does make it sentient, or at least replicating sentient life. I mean, it was that's a dramatic robot. Yeah. That thing was like, I- I'm getting cold. <laughs> Would you like to hear a song? Yeah. I'm from Illinois. You know? Yeah, the song it was really so... was like the, pr- the most proof, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. It's alive, sure. Who yeah. are we to, yeah, why not so what, what be if, alive? What if the computer, what if Hal had succeeded and killed Dave, mm-hmm. and Hal goes through the Stargate, right? Okay. 
it would go to what the factory, the w- to the plant. No, yep. well, you know, it, it's, it will come back, you know, as, a, as the, the HAL computer star child, right? So, yeah. so the aliens build this, this monolith, and they say, well, it's going to evolve, right? Let's see, let's see what comes and visits us. Right. Could be HAL. Could be HAL. Right. I mean, either way, it's probably a win for the aliens because they're getting. Yeah, Yeah, because it it would be. Yeah. 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 I mean, either way, they're interacting with something. Right. You know, I don't know if Hal is the best representative of the human race, I wouldn't say. But Mm. what do you think about life on uh, out there other than us? Oh, oh, I'm sure it's out there. I'm not sure if. It's like us and making podcasts. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Two planets of podcasts. No, we have enough on Earth. Yeah, yes. please, Come aliens. On. Right. At least <laughs> no. make web series, yeah. aliens. Yes. Jesus. Oh my God. Yes. Um, okay, I thank you both for for joining me today. We are out of time. Is there something okay. you'd like to tell the good people about a place they can find you, take your classes? I don't know. Well, don't take my classes unless you want to be challenged. Uh, cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't go into memorization a lot. Uh, basically, uh, um, you know, I'm at UCLA. Uh, you can you can Google me, and you'll find again, you know, that I cheat and that I'm in a creationist film and <laughs> some, some other stuff. Yep. Um, and um, you know, if you're if you're there and my office door is open, drop on in, say hello. Great. That's Ask cool. you about uh, appendices. Yeah. Or we'll we'll watch two thousand and one. You know. You just have it on the loop yes. in your office. It was great to watch again. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was a great film. I don't know. Noni, thumbs up on two thousand and one. Did you watch it? Yeah. And. I like it. Okay. And you get a stamp of approval right. from Noni, yeah. everybody. Hannah, Very where good. can people find you? See you. Mm. All around town. Uh, I have a website. It's myname.com, and I have all my shows up there. Great. HannahEinbinder.com. Yes. Great. Thank you both. Okay. Thank you. And I'll see you you. next time when we do the sequel. Well, there is 2010, (laughs) which I didn't like. 2010? What is that? That was a sequel to 2001. But who made it? Well, it wasn't wasn't the same people, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Was that one also nine hours? <laughs> it seemed like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, This yeah. one was an enjoy. Like, hey, it's like four movies in one. How can you? Can- yeah. I want you guys to debate so bad. It's just that we don't have time. <laughs> okay. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Forever. Bye. <laughs> Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. And the executive pinky toe deucer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email. Badscience at Seeker.com. That's badscience at Seeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.